Hey there, boss. This is Jeff Mendelson, host of the One Big Tip podcast. And I am so excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program, where I teach you how to fast track your lead gen by having more conversations with your targeted clients, even if you have no list, audience, or paid ads. Head on over to agentsofpod.com hero, and let me show you how to be the superhero in your own business. I am also actively seeking guests for this podcast. If you know someone who is currently six figures or more in their business and they have an actionable, tangible, and measurable tip to share, please let them know about it. Just go to onebigtip.com slash guest for information on how to be a guest. I can't wait to hear from you. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip podcast. My guest today is Faisal Hawk. Faisal is an accomplished entrepreneur, noted thought leader, technology innovator, and advisor to CEOs and the U.S. federal government for more than 25 years of cross-industry success. He is the founder and managing director of Shadoka and founder and chair of Next Chapter. His broad areas of expertise include innovation, leadership, management, sustainable growth, transformation, strategy, governance, M&A, frameworks, and digital platforms. What sets Faisal apart is the unique position and perspective he has always maintained, which is grounded in hardcore technology with deep roots in leading edge management science. So this is going to be a great conversation today. I love talking about these concepts on a higher level. Faisal, thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. Thank you. Yeah. So there were a million commas in that intro, man. You know, I got to hear it. (laughs) Yeah, I can see that. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about who you are and what makes you so amazing. I don't know about amazing part, but, you know, look, I've been always kind of this intersection of humanity, science and technology. Initially, obviously, I started out as a technologist uh, and, and built products and build companies around technology. But as I've grown through my career, I, I've rec- realized more and more the real uh, challenge is is how you connect with people and how you lead them uh, and how you can influence them and inspire them to become uh, their best. So this aspect of humanity has kind of taken over as much as technology in terms of whatever I do these days. You know, so I love how you talk about the intersection of humanity and technology, because that's actually a really big topic, you know, 2022, 2023, you know, with all of these apps that we have that are, you know, just trying to figure us out programmatically. Right. And also, you know, like, you uh, you know, you have these external programs like TikTok that are also trying to profile us, collect data. And, you know, it's just causing all kinds of discussion these days. Tell us a little bit about how you've like where you sit on the spectrum and whether these are all great ideas that we should be implementing AI into, into our content writing and into our management skills, things like that, or whether we should, you know, something just destroy the whole thing like Skynet before it, uh, before it actually gets bigger. (laughs) So look, I mean, this is a very complicated and a very broad topic that we couldn't possibly uh, uh, finish in 10, 20, or even, a couple of hours. But the, the way I look at it is that technology has a role in terms of automation and giving you accurate information, uh, not just data, that allows you to make better decisions, but also 
automate a lot of mundane things that uh, necessarily uh, we can't, we don't want to do or technology can do better. But the aspect of uh, creativity and mobilization, uh, a workforce, uh, inspiring people to do the next big thing, that all comes down to humanity, right? Uh, as a technologist, I think we have more and more uh, a role in terms of uh, a moral role, what we really should be pushing out there and what should be uh, consumable and what's really uh, harmful and impactful. And as a leader, we have the opportunity and the responsibility to drive people to do what they should be doing at their best, right? So that's where this notion of mindfulness and empathy comes along. Uh, you talk about one big tip. I have kind of boiled down to everything to uh, mindfulness and empathy when it comes to leadership. You know, so let's dive into that a little bit, because one of the interesting things about uh you know, about management is, you know, just stating the obvious, there are a lot of different styles out there, right? You know, and we see the results of those different styles in the news, you know, like how Elon Musk is managing Twitter, how SBF managed, uh, you know, uh, FTX, how, uh, how Adam Newman managed WeWork, you know, there are all these different styles and sometimes they just clash and, you know, they can go and create these awesome and amazing, great things and they can create you know, a fabulous amount of wealth, but used wrong, it could actually be pretty damn toxic, not only within, you know, your immediate organization that you're responsible for leading, but also have all kinds of cascading repercussions. How do you help people then, you know, figure out, you know, it's one thing to say, okay, yeah, I'm empathetic, right? But how do you actually drive that as a you know, as a guiding force, as a North Star, you know, for your management style and actually implement it into the business that you're running? Sure. Look, I mean, you know, it, it, uh, without empathy, uh, in a, you know, it's not just, uh, we think empathy and mindfulness is very personal and it applies in personal uh, level, but, but uh, it has a huge uh, implication in an organization and uh, outside of our organization as a whole, because it allows us to understand the situation of the collective uh, community uh, in terms of what they need, what they want to use, uh, what issues they're dealing with, how they're going to react to a particular situation. And as a leader, it's our job to be able to be attuned to that. Without empathy and mindfulness, we can't do that. So when we can't do that, that's when we misfire because then we start building wrong products, we try to push our people in a different way. We don't understand the customer needs. We don't want. We cannot connect with the, you know, in the market, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So if you look at the brands that are very, very successful, they are uh, they establish a very personal, you know, feeling and very personal connection with each of the customer they serve. Right, whether that's B two B or B two C, it doesn't matter. So from that context, I think that uh, that. These, these command and control and toxic leadership really doesn't work from a long-term perspective, right? And so sooner or later, it all falls apart. Whether we've seen that in GE, we've seen that in all sorts of companies, right? And I come from so that's why I picked up GE, no, no particular reason. Uh, but that's that's what happens. So talk to me a little bit about what would be a good example of a company that uh, that projects 
and that not only projects, but also demonstrates, you know, the empathy in the workplace and the empathy, you know, with the customers that they're trying to serve and can really make an impact on it. Right. So we're not just talking about large companies that donate to big natural disasters and things like that. Right. You know, we can, you know, we're talking about things that are, you know, either more local in, in nature, even internal to their own, you know, to their own operations. How does that look? Look, I mean, there's all kind of models, right? I mean, there's, uh, we, we have seen these, uh, uh, obviously, uh, uh, social responsibility, uh, we've seen that in over uh, years and years. But even if you look at a company like Nike, right, they always try to uh, serve a very wide customer base, uh, people who are athlete, but these really trying to connect with inner athleticism of any person that they're disabled whether they're gold medalists, it doesn't matter. It's trying to push this inner human spirit. And they do that with their messaging. They would try to do that how they, you know, the founder's mantra, how they want to run the company. And it's not they have always succeeded, but they have done that, right? So, but he also seen a lot of companies now has, I mean, legally have moved from C Corp to B Corp, which is totally focused on social impact. And that's very empathy driven mindset. But there's all kind of models out there. But the reality is that if you want to do good, you have to be approaching these things from what is good for the community as a whole and how does our employees and the team reacts to that and as a result creates the product and as a result creates the message that allows you to do better. I mean, you could even talk about Apple, right? I mean, you know, uh, it's kind of controversial and, and kind of contradictory anyways, because, you know, uh, Steve had a very uh, mixed, uh, uh, you know, reputation, how he led and how he interact with, with people. Uh, but as a company, is very much uh, empathetic to enable individual to do the best they can be and whatever they want to do uh, to move things forward, right? So it kind of starts there, and and that kind of reflects throughout the culture of any organization. You know, it's interesting that you brought up the Apple example because uh, really what they, you know, from the outside in, really what it looked like they were trying to do was, you know, they did have a very specific vision, you know, uh, you, you know, put yeah. a 10,000 songs in your pocket type thing, you know, have these real easy, catchy yeah. one sentence yeah. frames of, uh, you know, the types of products that, that they want to create, you know, utilizing the Apple example is that you could put their entire product line on one regular size table, right? You know, you don't need this, ma- they don't have 10,000 SKUs, right? And what happens yeah, is that, um, right. you know, but in order to convey that, that this particular product stands for X, Y, and Z, it conveys an identity. It conveys, you know, like, uh, you know, the solution of what you're going to be able to get out of it. It's not competing on price. It's not competing on, uh, yeah. you know, who else is better. It is, uh, you know, partially a status symbol, right? But also yeah. it, you are talking about the who you are becoming by purchasing this product, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of like this notion of enablement and accessibility, right? So that's what they pushed because if you, like you said, you can have access to 10,000 songs, right? Or you could have this machine that you can do anything. You can be a programmer. You could be a CEO, whatever. I can enable to do. I can enable you to do whatever I want to do, right? So, so this notion of accessibility and the notion of uh, enablement, it kind of being very empathetic to the consumer, what they want to be, right? So it's not about 
you the company, but it's also about the customer that you're serving, right? So, and that kind of can translate into, and, and it's not like all, you know, people, the com- each of these companies done this always right, right? I mean, there was a lot of controversy right after pandemic where people forcing people to go back to work, et cetera, et cetera. And, and you know, there's always that makes back, but successful brands always leads with that kind of notion. So how is this put in the practice, Right company hires you and says, oh, we need to get our processes in line. We need to, you know, improve our external image, also improve morale inside. What are the first steps? What can you do when you come into a situation like that and help guide them from a starting point to, to where they need to be? Uh, look, I mean, it, it really starts with very course, very fundamental question is like, who are you and what you're trying to be? And how do you want to make an impact? What's your purpose, right? So if you can't do that, if you can't start with that and get an assessment of your current state, you can't create a future state. So it kind of really starts with understanding who you are today and who you want to be tomorrow. And how do you move forward kind of comes from knowing your current state and defining a future state and designing a, a you know, set of processes that allows you to take there and aligning everybody around that notion of why, what, and how, right? So if you don't know the why, you're not going to know the what, and you're certainly not going to know the how, right? So it's, it kind of goes from there. Amazing. Thank you so much for explaining that. Faisal, can you please let everyone know how they can learn more about you and how they can reach out to you directly if they want to learn more? Look, I mean, you can reach me on, on my website, but you can also find me on LinkedIn. Obviously, I'm all over the uh, all over the social media. I'm on Twitter, but I mean, you can reach me directly on my website or send me a direct message on the LinkedIn. Either way, uh, you can find me and I have, you know, you can all obviously read my books if you want to. Amazing. Faisal, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a lot of fun. I love talking about this, about these subjects, and it, it really makes it a lot of fun to be able to toss around these ideas. Thank you for joining me today. Listen, these are these, thank you for having me. I mean, these are very complicated topics, and we struggle with it regardless of whatever time and era, and we're just about to enter a new year, and all of us are going to struggle with exactly the same things we just talked about today. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the One Big Tip podcast. If you're a six to eight figure entrepreneur, business coach, or speaker who would like to be on this show, we need to talk. The audience for this podcast is hungry for experts and professionals who want to share their knowledge with this world. So if you're ready to share your actionable and measurable One Big Tip, please go to onebigtip.com guest and let's get your story out there. I am also crazy excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program. With this program, I show busy entrepreneurs the strategies that I use to have warm conversations with my dream clients, keep my calendar book solid, and consistently have potential clients at the ready, all anxiously waiting to speak with me every single week. Head on over to agentsofpod.com hero and let me show you how to be the superhero in your business today. Lastly, I have a huge ask for you. Could you please share this with your audience on social media? The stories and connections that I make on this podcast have helped thousands of people, sometimes in the most profound ways. 
And you never know if your small action today will be the one that kickstarts your friend, a family member, or even yourself into taking massive action and starting the next multi-million dollar business. It'll be your way of just paying it forward. My name is Jeff Mendelson. You can find me on all the major social channels like LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening.